Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Dwelling in Beulah Land. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is Father in heaven, we come before you as children of God, and Lord, we thank you for being engrafted into the olive tree, that we we might be your children. And I just pray that it would be you that blesses the service that's about to take place, the dedication of babies, and the worship of you. I pray that in every way you step by step would lead us, that we might honor you in all, all things. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
I always look forward to in our church is when we do baby dedications and baby dedications are not baby baptisms it has nothing to do with salvation it entirely has to do with following the example of uh, Mary and Joseph bringing the Lord Jesus Christ to the temple as given to us in the scriptures in Luke chapter 2 verses 21 through 40 and there they dedicated the Lord Jesus Christ to God. And so this morning, if I could go ahead and have the couples come on up, and then Patty also. Patty is grandma, but she's raising her grandson, and um, just a wonderful, wonderful example to us all of stepping up and stepping in there, taking care of things. But I'm going to introduce to you these couples and these babies. And I have it written down, so you'll have to excuse me if I follow my notes. <laughs> so here we have, well, we'll start with the babies. We'll start with, we have Owen Paul Elmore right here. We have Finley Rose right there. And we have Everett Michael Lavasser right here. And um, each one of these babies born within, what, what age do we have? About seven months. About seven months. Eight weeks. Three months. Isn't that great? Don't we love to see? And part of doing the baby dedication also brings us back in the scriptures to the text where little children were brought to the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. The text says they brought young children to Christ that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said uh, unto them, suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, he put his hands upon them, and the Lord blessed those babies. And what a, what a wonderful text, a wonderful pattern set for us as a New Testament church to welcome and embrace and understand the purity and the simple simplicity of the heart of a child. Mike, Rose, William, Hillary, Patty, 
In dedicating yourselves and your babies to the Lord, you enter into a solemn relationship with our God, who keeps his covenants with all generations. This is a serious vow for which the Lord will hold you personally responsible. I charge you in the presence of God in this congregation to teach your child to love and obey by God's word in all their deeds and their actions throughout their lives. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 through 7 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And so God really, he challenges us to weave his truths into every part of our lives that we might pass it on to our children. And I know just from knowing all of you through the years that that's exactly what you strive to do. And it is very much a part of your lives. Is it your desire to make a covenant with the Lord to raise Owen and Everett and Finley in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Is that your desire? Is that what you want to do? Then what we're going to do is we're going to pray over you even as... The Lord prayed over those little children, and we're just going to pray for God to bless your family. So if you'll come on in, uh, Owen's going to be a participant. I can hear him. He's wanting to pray, but I'm going to step in there. <laughs> Father in heaven, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for these precious children. We thank you for their parents who have a desire to weave into the hearts of these children the spiritual truths that you have given I pray that you'd bless the babies, bless the parents, the grandparents. I pray you'd bless our church, that we would invest with all our hearts the truths that we know these babies need. In such a troubled time as this, they need to see consistent faith. I pray you help us, help us all. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Thank you very much. And Brother John's going to come on back up. All those babies were so good, weren't they? Man, they were so good. Would you please stand? We're going to lift up our voices as the praise team joins me up here on the platform. And we're going to sing uh, kind of a song I think is pretty appropriate and fitting for the situation. Who you say I am, I am a child of God. So I'd like to encourage you to sing with me this morning. Yeah. 
Your Bibles with me and just open your Bible to Psalms. I'm going to read you a number of texts in Psalms, but we'll start at Psalm 66. Um, title of my message this morning is Making a Difference While Making a Joyful Noise. Making a Difference While Making a Joyful Noise. 
This all ties into the baby dedication this morning. Um, when I think of small children, I think of the purity and the innocency of their hearts and their influence on their parents as well as their parents' influence on them. As I was sitting here, I, I looked back, I was looking back across our congregation and I saw Jonas and Amanda sitting back here in the back corner. And I can remember when Amanda was like three years old, her parents put her in the ARC preschool kindergarten. Yeah, it's true. I know. <laughs> so, she, uh, so mom and dad enrolled her in the ARC preschool kindergarten and, and Amanda would come home from school and she'd talk about the Lord. She'd want to pray over her meals. And, all. and you know what? That had an influence on her mom and dad. And she made friends in the ARC preschool kindergarten. And uh, next thing you know, those friends were inviting her to church. Next thing you know, they're in church. And then when she grew up, she became a teenager. She met another boy, a boy, not another boy, a boy, <laughs> that was coming to church with his parents. And that's Jonas sitting right there beside him. Now they have their own baby and getting ready for another baby. The testimony we give, the songs we sing, the joy we share about the Lord, not only does it come from the children to us, but from us to the children. It is so important that we make a joyful noise. I remember years ago, uh, I had a gentleman who came and visited church and I, I met him, I shook his hand and uh, we started chatting. He said, well, I'm here because of my son. He said, actually, I'm an atheist. He said, I don't believe in God. But he said, my little boy goes to the Ark Preschool Kindergarten down here. And he said, when I pick him up, all the way home, he's singing to me songs about Jesus. And so he said, this has gone on now for months. And he said, I just need to come and see what's going on. And so I told him, I said, that is great. That's wonderful. Absolutely. We'd love for you to come. And you know, listen, atheists are welcome too. Come and listen. And so he came for a few months and we sat down and we went through the scriptures. He told me, he says, he said, listen, I'm beginning to believe. He said, my, my little boy, he's got me praying at every meal. He said, I'm singing the songs with him in the car. He said, I'm coming to church on Sunday. And so over time, he did receive Jesus Christ as his savior. That joyful noise of just a little one sitting in the back seat, singing that Jesus loves him, ministering to his dad who didn't even believe in God. You and I sometimes, we maybe downplay the power in song and music. I want you to look with me to the book of Psalms. I'm gonna start in Psalm 66 verse one. And I'm going to read you several verses. They're very similar, but they drive home a point. Psalm 66, one says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Jump over there with me, if you would, to Psalm 81. And look with me at verse 1 there. It says, Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto God of Jacob. Look with me over at 95 verses 1 and 2. Psalm 95 verses 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Look over at Psalm 98 verses 4 and 6. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp and with the harp, the voice of Psalms. Look with, look with me just over to Psalm 100, verse one. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. God calls us as a people. God calls us to make a joyful noise. You're making gestures to me. What are those gestures for? 
Yeah, no, I know. I'm not there. Okay. Um, so I have told, I told the sound booth, I have a little clip for you, but we're not there yet. Uh, so when we look in the book of Psalms, we see these verses that drive home the point to us. And that repetition that's the key to learning, telling us, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not only all ye saints, but all the land. God wants us to get the point that making a joyful noise before God really makes a difference. It makes a difference in our hearts. It makes a difference to the Lord because we're singing praises unto him. It makes a difference to the ears that hear it. Look with me, if you would, over the Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 down through 20. Ephesians 5, 17 down through 20. Listen to this text. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at this text, God calls us to make a joyful noise. To sing within our hearts. There's power to that. I'm going to play a little clip for you of a little girl singing. She's making a joyful noise. The words of her song is, I'm a priceless treasure. God knows me. God hears me. She doesn't know anybody is watching. Go ahead. I'm a priceless treasure. God hears me. God hears me. When I'm praying. Ah, 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 ah. That's good, right there. That's my little granddaughter, Lucy. And she's singing to her dog, Holly. Who, the dog is deaf. I'll tell you, the dog improved tremendously after it went deaf. But little Lucy's singing her heart out about how she is a precious treasure to God. God knows her and God hears her. The interesting thing is when her mom was a little girl, she would do the same thing. She would sing. She'd sing when she thought nobody was listening because she's just singing and making a joyful noise unto the Lord. And our son, Josh, he'd be out in the backyard playing in his sandbox, just singing and singing to the Lord. I'm not a singer, but when I was a little boy, I used to sing. Sandra Jo, before her lung disease, she was a singer. But there's something natural within our hearts. When we're young and innocent, before we're concerned about who can hear us, we just sing, don't we? When I see my little granddaughter like that singing, I think to myself, how wonderful that she's singing of the Lord. Instead of singing about bar rooms and singing about whiskey and singing about running around and cheating and all the songs that people hear on the radio. Amen? Because if my granddaughter was not raised in a family who knew and loved God, what would they be listening to? And what would she be repeating? But here, when we look at Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 17 through 20, we see that this text connects us to song and to the Spirit of God. He wants us to see that it is the will of God that we lift up our voices. Listen again to verse 17 of Ephesians 5. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. 
Maybe you're wondering today, what is God's will for my life? I'm going to tell you right now, God's will is that you would make a joyful noise unto him. Look what he goes on to say. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life rule and guide and direct you, even as a little child. When Jesus went ahead and prayed over the little children that the disciples were pushing away, and Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute, suffer not, let those little children come unto me. And there he puts his hands upon them and prays over them. He says to us, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You and I, maybe it's the little child who hears us, or maybe you're the little child whose parents hear you. But as we sing and make that melody and we sing those spiritual songs, making melody in our heart and lifting it up before God, we don't care who hears and we shouldn't care who hears. We're connecting with the Lord. If you want to get rid of the mully grubs, the, the old woes are me, the I'm so sorry for me, then start singing thank yous to God. Look at what he goes on to say here as we come down in the text. He says to us, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. These three little babies up here on the platform, they could hear nothing better in their lives than to hear mom and dad singing praises, thanksgiving, worship, psalms, hymns to the Lord. Because that will go deep into their hearts. That will go deep into their mind, deep into their soul. So that as they grow up, they too can sing to their dog about how that, yes, I'm a priceless treasure. God knows me. God hears me. Whether you're three, 30, or 300, we need to know that yes, God knows me. God hears me. And what better age to learn that lesson than when you're being rocked in mama's arms. So we begin to realize that throughout the scriptures, we can make a difference while we make a joyful noise. Look with me, if you would, to Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see, God wants us to use songs, use music, Make that joyful noise that we might reveal the wisdom of God in our dealings with others. As we look there at Colossians 3.16, it's a verse full of truth. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So each and every one of us in this room, if you listen to true spiritual songs, those hymns, those worship songs, those songs that are loaded with biblical truth, all of a sudden we're infusing ourselves with the wisdom of God. Many of the psalms are in songs. And as we sing them, we learn more of God. So he says to you and I, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You and I teaching one another. You and I teaching our babies in our arms. You and I teaching our neighbor who hears us sing. You and I teaching our co-workers as we lift up our voice and sing. You might say, oh, preacher, you, the guys on my job site don't want me singing. No, but maybe they need it. They might need it more than you realize. Because as you sing praises to the Lord... You're teaching and admonishing them. 
The other day I went to my doctor. My doctor is Dr. Tim here in town. And his me medical technician, I'm not exactly sure what they call them anymore. Paul, what do they call the assistant who comes in and takes your blood pressure and all that? Medical assistant. medical assistant. Medical assistant, yeah. So the medical assistant comes in, young lady. Uh, she looks to me to be in her late 20s. And she comes in, she does the thing. And she is humming gospel hymns. So she's doing my blood pressure, the whole deal. And uh, I said to her, I said, do you know what you're humming? She said, oh, absolutely. She said, I love gospel music. I said, that is great. And I said, I'm Pastor Tim Taylor, Victory Baptist Church up on top of the hill. She said, I know. <laughs> she said, when I was a teenager, I came and every once in a while we'd go to the youth group. I said, that is great. She said, I sing my song. I sing all the time. And I've talked to other people who have gone, same doctor, Dr. Tim, same med tech come in, and they've said to me, you know what, she does hum. And when she hums, she's humming hymns. Isn't that wonderful? I love that. I will go back to that doctor just to hear her <laughs> hum hymns. But when we look in this text, he tells us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We teach others when we sing those songs that are so full of the wisdom of God. It's interesting that he says not only teach, but admonish. And I wanted to be sure because English changes all the time. And so I went back to look back at the Greek and the, and the, the old English to make sure that the word admonish today means what admonish meant then, which meant the same as when it was written in Greek back then. And to admonish means to warn sternly. I'm admonishing you. That's what the word meant when it was written. And it means that you and I, as we sing, not only we teach others, but we warn them, we admonish them. So they maybe take a moment and they might say to themselves, boy, do I know the Lord? Do I walk with God? Do I love the Savior who died on the cross? Those songs are loaded with the messages of the gospel. Through the years of pastoring, because I've pastored ever since I was, got out of college, and I graduated when I was 20, 22, something like that. It's a long time ago. But through the years, I have sat at the bedside of many people who have passed from this life into the next. And I've sat down with many families who have gone on to hospice you know, their, their loved ones gone on to hospice or they, they're at home and they're kind of headed that direction. And they will say to me, do you, do you have any music that we could play? And I'll bring them a CD. Before that, a cassette tape. Before that, what were those boxed ones? Eight tracks. And I would bring them music. And they would play that. Now, I didn't bring them Led Zeppelin. I didn't bring them the Beatles. I didn't bring them Tammy Wynette. I brought them gospel. Just so they could minister to their hearts. They weren't asking me for Led Zeppelin. They probably already had that. What they didn't have were the sweet sounds of the gospel. And they wanted to play that because their loved one wanted that. That's why they asked them. There is power in music. David, he played the harp to calm the soul of Saul in the Old Testament. This power in making a joyful noise unto the Lord. There in this text, Colossians 3.16, we see that we teach others, we admonish others. We reveal even the grace of God 
in these songs. Look with me back at Colossians 3.16. The last part says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. God's riches at Christ's expense is that acronym for grace. You and I, when we lift up our voices and sing those songs, when Lucy sings about, I am a priceless treasure, God knows me, God hears me, even though little Holly's deaf and can't hear it, God hears it. And he knows that she's singing of God's grace in her heart and in her life. And that will ring in her mind and her subconscious no matter what comes down the road in her life, that is planted within her soul. You and I make a joyful noise. Plant it in the heart and soul of your children, your grandchildren. The book of Revelation, the last book in your Bible. We find a lot about making a joyful noise. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Look at verses 8 down through 10. And when he had taken the book, when the Lord Jesus Christ took the book that nobody else could take, nobody else could open it. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb of God, having every one of them harps, golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. It tells us that all of a sudden, there we find them, singing a new song, lifting up their voice in praise in heaven itself. So you and I, we look back at the book of Psalms and we see over and over again him telling us in the Old Testament, make a joyful noise, make a joyful noise, all ye lands, make a joyful noise, all my people. And there we are at the end of time. The book of Revelation and they lift up their voice in song. Look with me to Revelation chapter 14. Chapter 14, verses 1 down through 4. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. And with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which redeemed from the earth. It's a special only that 144,000 are going to sing it. It's a special song for the worship in heaven itself. Can you imagine 144,000 people singing a special? That's a lot of people. We're going to be there. We're going to hear it. We're going to see it. This is a text that's talking about the future. We will be there. That's amazing. Look with me at one more text. Revelation chapter 15. Look at verses 2, 3, and 4. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And then that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, they're standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of the saints. All through the book of Revelation, we see these glimpses into heaven through John the Beloved. 
As God reveals to him these revelations, he looks to the throne itself, and there he sees singing. They're making a joyful noise. So whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, whether it's the beginning of time or the end of time, we find God teaching us that we can make a difference while making a joyful noise. These little babies who today came and were in the arms of their moms or their dads, standing there with mom and dad and even grandma and grandpa standing over back here, Paul and Tammy. They have a lifetime to invest into that generation simply by making a joyful noise. And the hope and prayer is that as those little ones grow up, like Lucy's mom, Joy, grew up in my household, and from the time she was in the womb, she heard the joyful noise of the songs and praises of God. She passed it on to her boys and to her daughter. My son, who's uh, 40 years old, he sings in the praise band at his church, making a joyful noise. From the womb, they heard the joyful noise unto the Lord. You and I, we can make a difference. When you lift up your voice, when you sing, when you sing with your children, with your, your friends, when you sing on your job, when you sing at church, the Bible teaches us we teach we admonish, we encourage, we bring forth the wisdom and praise of God in these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I challenge you this morning. Just like that atheist who came to me years ago and said to me, I need to come in here. I need to understand. My little boy is singing these songs in the back seat and I want to understand. I want to challenge you. Wherever you go, maybe you're a med tech. Just go in and softly hum a hymn. See if it doesn't touch a heart or a life. Or maybe on your job site. Billy, I know, he plays on his radio on all the job sites he works on. He plays gospel. He plays preaching. It's on the job site. Now maybe other guys think, what in the world? That's okay. It's all right. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll make it. I'm not saying to be in their face. I'm not saying to go ahead and make problems. But make a joyful noise. Influence others. Share the wisdom and truth of God through the message of music. I'm going to Let's dismiss us in prayer back there. Do your song, and then I'll dismiss us from back there. What a fellowship, what a joy as we be dismissed and go forth. Pray that you help us as a church to welcome Erica. Help us as your children to make a joyful noise that we might teach and admonish others while we at the same time praise and glorify you, Lord. We thank you in Christ's name we pray. Amen.